This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Master. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in-depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. Well, this week we caught up with a venture capitalist. His name is Patrick McGinnis, but you don't know him as a venture capitalist. And you probably haven't heard his name, but I guarantee you, you've heard of something he came up with, FOMO, Fear yep. Missing Out. Absolutely. FOMO and also FOBO now, Fear of Better Options. He's also got a new book out, Jason. It's called Fear of Missing Out, Practical Decision-Making in a World of Overwhelming Choice. And what's interesting is he really applies it to our COVID-19 world, something to think about as we are all sheltering in place. So uh, basically, this book is is a reflection of... where we are today as a society, how we spend our time. And I invented FOMO when I was back in business school at Harvard Business School in the year 2003, before there was any social media. But now we're in a place where all of us are living with FOMO. We are inundated with information and social media and all these influences. And so we have to find a way to deal with it. All right. So can we go back to that first thing? I, I can't skip past that because I, uh, I mentioned this to my two teenagers that I was going to interview you today and that you're the inventor of FOMO. And they're like, we want to hear more about this. So on behalf of Will and Henry, I'm asking this question. <laughs> how did you how did you come up with this? What was the what was the germ of the idea here? Yeah. So listen, I, I, uh, I grew up in a small town in Maine and it was a very calm place, not a lot going on. And then I lived in New York, but I, uh, I was working all the time, so I didn't have time for FOMO. And then uh, right before I went to business school, there were two things that happened in here in New York City that really affected me. Number one was I was working in venture capital in 2000, and so everything blew up, and we basically lost all our money, and it was very traumatic. But far worse than that was I lived through 9-11. I lived yeah. in lower Manhattan, and we all remember what that was like. And so as a result, I just wanted to live life to the full. It was carpe diem for me. And when I got to HBS, you know, it's such a choice-rich environment in terms of the amounts of you know, classes and job opportunities and parties and trips. And, and all of these things were, were happening, and I just wanted to do all of them. And even though I didn't, there was no social media, in fact, Mark Zuckerberg was across the river working on the first version of Facebook at the exact same time that I was uh, over at business school. Um, even though we didn't have social media, we all lived in such close proximity to each other, and we could compare ourselves to each other, that I basically felt this anxiety that I was never doing enough and I couldn't keep up. And I started calling that a fear of missing out. I shortened it to FOMO, and I wrote an article in our school newspaper called Social Theory at HBS, McGinnis' Two Foes, and I talked all about FOMO and its culture in our campus. Wow. And that it caught so on. Cool. It went viral. Well, you know, it's funny. I have to thank you guys because it went viral on campus. Then I graduated and forgot about it. But Bloomberg Business Week magazine wrote about it in 2007 in the context of HBS. That's the first time I saw it uh, outside of when I wrote about it. And then slowly it sort of crept into the vocabulary because, you know, every year kids were graduating from business schools and, and bringing it to all of the firms that they went to work for. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, we're happy to be a, a footnote in, in the creation and, of this. And, and uh, Patrick, you're welcome. <laughs> but, it's, but it's such a big thing, right? We talk about this, like just trying to have balance and just being present, enjoying where you are rather than thinking about what you're missing. And so how do you get to this in a world where like everybody's having a hard time about what they're missing right now, you know, or what they're going to be missing on the other side of this because we can't go back to life as we knew it. 
It's so true. And listen, it's been interesting because in the beginning of the pandemic, we all felt, I think, a sense of relief that we didn't have that social pressure. And, yeah. you know, it goes beyond social pressure. It also is about how we spend our money and how we invest our money. It has all these other implications. But for that one moment, I remember thinking, oh my God, I haven't had FOMO in two weeks. <laughs> and then over time, as we started to sort of realize this was going to drag on, I think we all started to feel it. And the big thing to remember with FOMO is that FOMO is caused by two things. Number one, it's the perception that something better is out there happening than what you're doing at the moment. So perception can be, be deception. You have to really dig into whether something is as good as it looks on the surface. And the second is it's about herd behavior, following the crowd. So when you feel FOMO, ask yourself, is this something I truly want to do because it's something I want to do or am I feeling pressure? to sort of keep up with the Joneses is external pressure on me. Can I just say what's really interesting is, and, I, and maybe this is all of a sudden like everybody doing Zooms and, you know, there's tons of now fitness Zoom classes where initially there wasn't a lot of things to choose from, right? Everybody was ramping up and I, I kind of loved it because the world became so simple and there weren't a ton of things I had to make decisions on. And now it's like, do I want to do this Zoom fit cl- fitness class or this one? Do I want to do this Zoom family meeting or this one? <laughs> like it's it's <laughs> unbelievable how, you know, again, FOMO hits even in this world. That's the thing that kind of has blown my mind about this is what has happened is we, we, so we, you know, we all stay home, but the thing that provokes much of our FOMO, which is, you know, connectivity and our cell phones and social media, we're actually on it more now than we were before. Yeah. My screen time, and by the way, I'm careful about this. Look at your screen time, everybody. Like, it's frightening how much Ugh, time we're spending on our devices, brutal. right? And so we're just, we're getting into actually kind of a worse place than we were before, I would say. Let's continue our conversation with Patrick McGinnis. He's got a new book out. It's called Fear of Missing Out, Practical Decision-Making in a World of Overwhelming Choice. Joining us on the phone on launch day, as Carol mentioned, he's got a big event tonight, virtual, of course, because that's the world we're living in. And Patrick, first of all, thanks for sticking with us. And I have to ask you, you know, we were starting in the first part of our conversation to get into this notion of sort of how the world has changed and how FOMO still is creeping into what we're doing. What is the effect of sort of how we think about missing out or you also talk about FOBO, fear of a better option? How do we think about that differently, do you think, on the other side of this as we get to what some people are calling sort of the next normal? Yeah, it's a really important question because I think we have a lot to learn in this moment. And if we pay attention and put down our phones for a minute and think about what's going on, we can come out of this actually better people, uh, better society. And so I would think on the FOMO side, it's really about paying attention right now to what you truly miss and what you realize you don't really miss, Mm. writing that down actually. And then when you reemerge into the real world, remembering these things. Like, it's incredible the little things I miss. I'm, I live in New York City. I miss the subway. Uh, I miss going to a lot of the restaurants in the neighborhood. What I don't miss is overscheduling myself or, or being stressed out about some of the things that don't really matter. So I think thinking about that right now and being introspective about that is helpful. FOBO, which is a fear of a better option, uh, this is the other thing that I wrote about back in business school, but it never got famous. But it's just as bad, I would say worse than FOMO, because FOBO is about never sort of accepting a deal, always wanting to trade up, always wanting to wait for something better to come along. And I think that we've seen in this pandemic that the people who were waiting for something better to come along when it came to making the hard decisions about closing down and social distancing, uh, they found out very quickly that delaying decision-making actually has terrible effects. 
I totally agree with wow, that. I think about that's the, such an interesting insight. The, right. The amount of time, like you stew over making a decision, sometimes you just got to just do it and move on. Totally. I mean, this, this is a great example in, in public policy, with it, whether it's COVID or it's, or it's Brexit. But it's also, if you think about you know, entrepreneurs versus incumbent companies, these traditional companies that they, they have all this money and resources, but they can't move quickly. And the reason why you know, the Audis get eaten up by the Teslas is because the startups have to move. They don't have the resources just to sit around and wait for something better. Yeah. Well, and there's, it also feels like many folks are gaining a sense of clarity to your earlier point about FOMO, about sort of what they need and what they, they don't need. But also when a lot is stripped away, maybe you stop thinking, well, I'm going to do this thing next and I'm really just doing this until I get a chance to do X. And there's also this sense, it feels like right now, Patrick, that you know, we're all much more aware of our mortality in in some ways and, and maybe saying either, okay, I'm going to make that decision to do something different, or maybe I need to sort of reassess and, and really be honest about how I'm feeling about this situation right now and not always be a grass is greener sort of person. That's for sure. The, the reality is that we are having this opportunity, but just with as what we lived with in 9-11, there was this period of introspection, and then we sort of <laughs> resumed these sorts of behaviors yeah. that we wish we hadn't done. And so I actually suspect that there will be a wave of massive FOMO when we are able to live our lives again. And I think it's okay for a little while because when you have FOMO, it means there's something to miss out on, so yeah. that's a good thing. <laughs> but we, we definitely want to be conscious of what we've learned right now because because you know, if we learn something and pay attention, we can just live much more decisive lives. How do you apply FOMO in the workplace? Oh, it's a very uh, anybody been on LinkedIn lately and seen all of your friends with their promotions, and you start yeah. to feel like you're just not good enough. I mean, that is that is in, an incredibly uh, sort of active use case. But really, uh, I think about FOMO in terms of not only in terms of not being sort of grateful or thankful for what you do have, and then more fixating on what you don't have. But also in terms of running businesses, uh, when businesses start to do things because of FOMO, when Pepsi brings Crystal Pepsi on the market because they want to keep up with Sprite, uh, when you're doing things for the wrong reasons because you're following in the crowd, you are apt to make mistakes. And so how do you think – we've been asking sort of big thinkers this question, like what are the – underappreciated ways that you think we change as either humans or business people, investors uh, on the other side of this? So I have a feeling um, that it's unfortunate that this whole sort of situation has become quite political. Mm. And I think that we are going to see through the rest of the year that the political divide that is created by this is going to play out in our election. And then we are going to see effects on the election and potentially with voting and voting rights and things like that. And so I think the big question that I ask myself as I look at this pandemic is, what is the role that it will have in in, um, affecting our democracy? And how can we as citizens come together to actually defend something that's so precious to us? And I think that's going to be the conversation this year. Right now, we're all dealing with the medical emergency. Next, we'll be dealing with the economic impact, and we're going to be dealing with the impact to our democratic systems. And that was venture capitalist and author Patrick McGinnis, inventor of the term FOMO. I have to say, I was skeptical going in, as were my sons. But then when he made the case, it's like, okay, that checks out. I mean, fascinating to understand where it came from and also how it applies to the life that we're living right now.
And can we just say, you got to love that he gave props to Bloomberg Business Week because yeah. they wrote about him years ago when he created the uh, term FOMO. He wrote about it. He wrote an article while he was at Harvard Business School, and apparently Business Week picked it up, and that really gave him a lot of attention. So, got to love that. Yeah, good for him. It all comes together. All right, you've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune in to Bloomberg Business Week Radio, live Monday through Friday, starting at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser, and this is Bloomberg.